Hello and welcome to Let's Talk, the show that connects families in Oshkosh with folks to talk about your parenting questions. I'm Amanda Chavez, here with my co-host, Carlene Grabner, and today we're going to talk about online safety with Kate Mann and Lindsay Lowy. We'll discuss the ins and outs of screen time, social media, and how our kids can navigate our very online world safely. Hi, Kate and Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining us for our first episode. Thanks for having us. Thank you. The world and our kids are increasingly more online. It's hard to keep up with where kids want to spend their time online and how to keep them safe while they're there. We've been looking forward to talking to some experts about how to keep our kids safe. With us, we have Lindsay, who is a licensed mental health and substance abuse counselor. Lindsay, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm I'm Lindsay Lowy, and like Carlene said, I'm a mental health and substance abuse counselor. I am here in Oshkosh as well as Ripon, and I love focusing, unfortunately, for my own two children on technology and social media outlets and screen time and all of the fun things that we as parents engage in as well as our kids engage in. So I am excited to talk with all of you today and be here. Thanks, Lindsay, and we're excited to have you. And then our other guest today is Kate Mann, and she is the Public Affairs and Crime Prevention Officer for the Oshkosh Police Department. Kate, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks for having me on the show today. So like Carlene said, I'm the Public Affairs Crime Prevention Officer for the city of Oshkosh. I've been a police officer there for 15 years and in my current role now for the last four years. And in this role, I work with media, social media, community outreach, and crime prevention programs. So let's talk about it. We have some questions that we saw over and over from parents trying to navigate parenting and technology, apps, screens, all of it. That we would jump right in, Lindsay, and talk about this is something that even with my kids, we struggle with. My kids are texting constantly. How can we get our kids to put our phones down? Okay. I think, you know, the easy answer is we as adults learn to put our phones down. And then what I really want to highlight today, though, is yes, texting, but screen time in general as well as our kids trying to form healthier habits and have healthier habits. You know, the first five years of a child's life are are probably the most crucial when it comes to brain development. I've got two kids, and so my kids are kind of constantly my guinea pigs. And I really found this interesting. So let me just share a personal story. My first son, he was born new parent, had all the gadgets, had, you know, the little play mat that he would lay under with the blinking lights and the, you know, all the sounds and the crunchiness. And that is the child who has some anxiety and who loves to be on technology and who every day is asking me if he can, you know, go on the phone. Um, He's about 12 years old now. And my other son, as I, as I kind of got into researching more about brain development and how overstimulation impacts brain development, my second son had nothing. He had just like the wooden, Ikea playset that didn't have any blinking, no blinking lights, no sound, nothing flashy. So I really tried to focus with him on some of that natural stimulation instead of the overstimulation. And he is the kid that can take or leave watching a movie or playing video games. 
Now, that could be a total coincidence because of their personality. And yet, I still put a lot of value in overstimulation and appropriate stimulation. The first five years being the most important, a lot of our kids are inundated with stimulation. And that stimulation continues on through, you know, early childhood, elementary years, middle school years, teenage years. And so in our culture, in our society, their brains are really being formed to be overstimulated. And yet they're not able to handle that. Finding this delicate balance of what is too much and what is just right, or even what is not enough. When it comes to texting, texting is a great way for kids to stay connected. I, I am all for FaceTiming grandmas and grandpas and texting with friends, but really having it be in moderation. I think beyond texting and getting our kids to put the phone down, texting is a great way to immediately stimulate the brain. So if I'm bored, I might pick up my phone to check my text messages or see who contacted me or what my friends are saying, what my friends are doing. So in, in my opinion, and, you know, my opinion is not necessarily the right one. Texting is just another form of stimulation and it's another connection that our kids have to a screen. And so encouraging them, hey, you've been texting enough today, or Let, let's put that down for a little while. Remembering back to some of the days when we were growing up with a landline or without a cell phone and knowing if I'm gone for the afternoon, I'm not going to get a text message. I don't have to check it, right? So putting phones down and texting just, I think, has a lot to do with balance of stimulation. So, Lindsay, I have a couple thoughts off of every great thing that you just said. But my personal story, my daughter is 14 and mm -hmm. is a very rough time uh, putting the phone down at all. And, mm -hmm. and for Kate, I'm going to ask next about the safety of that. But for, for you, I have a question. Now that she's this developmental stage in her life and for all the kiddos mm -hmm. that had to go through COVID and for some of them, the only form of communication was, I mean, my, my daughter's friends had FaceTime sleepovers where they were yeah. all on the phone together so that they could feel connected with each other. So oh, I yeah. think that yeah. has accelerated where I feel she and all of her friends are today. So how do mm -hmm. we reel that? How do we get them to understand that this, that we're not trying to be bad parents or bullies. We want them to be healthy with the devices that they're using and, and a healthy amount of time. Sure. So I, I totally get it. I mean, even my 12 year old, you know, same spot and it's, it's kind of a constant battle with him and I know I'm the bad mom, but I think what it is, I I'm a big believer in informed decision-making and I know Kate will talk about this a little bit as well, really providing our kids with the age appropriate education or resources for them to learn about and know maybe what they're doing to their brain or how that constant glow of their screen, whether it's, you know, a FaceTime sleepover or texting or video game or watching something on their phone. I really think empowering our kids 
with the education about what's happening, they can make informed decisions then. Now, we also, knowing about the brain, we are adults. And so we do have a different brain than our children or our teenagers, even though they don't like to believe that. So we as adults have to step in if it's too much, right? Like most experts, including, you know, pediatricians say two hours of screen time a day. And if you think about it, that's pretty crazy because a lot of our kids are on their Chromebooks in school and then they want to chill out with their friends on screens after school. So again, I think it goes back to empowering our kids with the education, being that adult brain to step in when we feel like it is too much and then considering how can we really kind of balance this out as a team. Yeah, I know with my kids, I have to like constantly be in check because I know I'm guilty of being on my phone or doing things and then not realizing how long they've been on their devices. And so then sometimes I find myself lashing out too late like mm-hmm. crap I just realized my kids have been on their phones for an hour and now I'm upset because I didn't check it in earlier I don't know if you have any tips like how to recognize it or make those adjustments well I think you know as parents we also have to retrain ourselves and honestly this is a whole new frontier for all of us as parents and young parents coming up, right? So we can train ourselves while we are training our kids. I use training for lack of a better term, but how about, you know, okay, I'm going to give you 30 minutes to, you know, go on your phone or go on your tablet or watch some movies. Let's set a timer. And then the two of you together set a timer. And then that's your reminder also remind them that it's time to get off. So timers are great. And there are even timers on phones that you can set time limits on that kind of stuff. And the apps will just kind of go dark. So Kate, this, this question kind of goes to you. So when we did, when we launched this partnership with Go Valley Kids and, and now Go Oshkosh Kids, we had done maybe 12 to 15 different focus groups with 20 some parents in each focus group before COVID took place. And of course, the audience of parents are terrified with understanding new apps, not being as technology savvy as as all of us would like to be in understanding how to navigate those apps, what's hiding behind those apps, and, and you know, terrified on the security and safety of, of their children and being able to use those tools. Do you have any tips for our families out there on how, how we can be better equipped to handle that kind of question? There are a lot of apps that are out there, and there's new ones that come across every day. So I think it's just really important to stay involved in your child's life and just have those conversations with them. Like, who are you talking with online? What apps are the popular ones? What do you have on your phone? And even asking for your child's password for their phone, because you got to remember, you know, you're the parent, you're paying the bill for the phone, you probably bought the phone. You cannot be entitled to ask for their password and set some rules and guidelines as to how they use that device. So I think it's really important just to keep up to date with what your kids are doing. And Google's a great tool. 
Um, you can always go in the, the search tool to see what are the most popular apps, what should parents be looking for, um, and, and things of that nature. Well, and I find talking to, again, my daughter and, and her friends and those groups of people that, you know, I will say, well, who is, who is this person? I don't know this name of this person you're following or talking to on Snapchat or whatever. And she's like, well, he's a friend of mine. And I'm like, I, where does he go to school? What's his parents' name? You know, and, and it's interesting, and this probably goes back to Lindsay as well on, on brain development, because in her mind, she saw him once at a football game, so this is her friend. And in my mind, she, you know, doesn't know a thing about the person. So it, it, it's hard also to reel in how do you monitor that. But you're right, the number one thing is being involved to the extent that we can be. And I think yeah. having those conversations, right, like, I know being mindful of how I ask my kids questions always makes a difference, right? And where I'm coming from in that spot when I'm asking those questions. That was one question that we saw from other parents too was, yeah, is it okay to ask for their password and read their text messaging? My friend's parents aren't doing that. And there's, are there also location devices you can put or location apps you can put on your phone or kids' phones as well? Yeah, there's a lot of different apps out there But I really think it circles back around to having that open dialogue with your kids and say, hey, I do want your password. I'm concerned. I want to know who you're hanging out with. I am your parent. You're my child. It's my job to make sure that you're safe. And like you guys talked about, asking those follow-up questions because I think the word friend is used pretty loosely nowadays. And, you know, Carlene did a great job. Like, okay, how do you know this person? Do they go to school with you? Have you ever met them in person before? Have you seen them? Or is it just a screen name that now it's somebody maybe in a different state that you're talking to? You know, Carlene did a great job. Like, okay, how do you know this person? Do they go to school with you? Have you ever met them in person before? Have you seen them? Or is it just a screen name that now it's somebody maybe in a different state that you're talking to? And just because the person has a certain username or they identify as, you know, this age, this is where I live, this is, you know, if I go to high school, you you don't know that about that person. All you see is a screen name. People can hide behind that screen name and misrepresent themselves. So that is very important that you do know who your kids are talking to. Either you've met them or have seen them before because there are so many different strangers out there online and sometimes they're targeting kids. I completely agree is the parental or the caregiver involvement, I think really is probably one of the most important parts of any of this. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And then I think it's also important that parents have that conversation with their kids too about not putting personal information out there online. So Mm -hmm. their name, address, where they go to school, how old they are. And then also something else to touch upon too is what type of photographs are they putting online as well? And they might think that they are putting a photograph online that are going just to their friends. But once that photo is on there, it's on there forever. And maybe people whom they didn't mean to see a photo now now can see a photo and it can be passed around and can be very damaging. And depending on what type of photo it is, there can be some criminal consequences as well. To touch on to touch on that and kind of bring in the brain development piece that we talked about before, this is exactly why the adult parent or caregiver brain is so important because a 
child and teenager's brain is literally not equipped to think into the future that far ahead, which is why kids and teenagers are so impulsive because the part of their brain that controls impulsivity and controls rational and healthy decision-making isn't yet formed by any means. And so we have to bring in that adult brain to say, hey, let's think through this. If you post this or when you posted this, what happened? And, you know, kids and teenagers will also learn by experience. They will have natural consequences or social consequences that help teach them to future think, you know, down the road. But we really have to remember that the teenager isn't necessarily posting something or doing something because they think it's okay. They might just not have the brain capacity to know it's not. Okay. Well, and Lindsay, part of this, the reason we started this podcast is because the parents, A, were asking for it in our focus groups because they were telling us they wanted, you know, just honest dialogue on how do you handle this? How do you handle that? What do, what do experts say about that? What do local people say about that? Because again, all of us can Google what's, what are the biggest apps and what are those, but to hear from people in our community and have these conversations is what I think our group wants. But with that, I, I do laugh because I have shared this story with people before and I'm picking a lot on my daughter today, but she did share a very inappropriate or her friends did shared a very inappropriate picture of herself. Not bad, in all retrospect, but it was funny because she's a good kid and, and gets straight A's and is involved and is just a great kid. However, when we approached her and said, this is just not okay, what Kate said before is what she said to us. This was only for my small friend group of six people. Well, it was up on one of the six person's computers and the person behind them took a picture of it and then sent it out. And, and mm-hmm. she in no way, shape or form could even fathom the conversation of, what do you mean? This is for this small group. They're the only people who are allowed to see it. And even with that, I'm like, wow, I feel you're smarter than that. But you could see in her face, she was like, no, 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 it's called on one of the sites, it's called for your eyes only. So it's only a limited group of people. But she didn't even understand how we could get past that at all. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great example. Because that is our digital world right now. And unfortunately, that is, you know, the younger demographic is exactly who are being marketed to, because they don't have the capacity and the ability to really think through decisions. Their impulsive brains and their in-the-moment brains, God bless them, are front and center. So, you know, all of Kate's perspectives of online safety are really also important for parents and caregivers to know. I think the hard thing is, and I think it goes back to those open conversations and always changing, right? And so tomorrow there might be something else or something different. Like you could have your child's phone as locked up as possible, right? And they're still Mm going to find different ways They could be using their friends' phones or your computer or something else that isn't as locked down. When my kids were little, uh, we had a friend that recommended one time to walk through stranger danger scenarios. Like, could you do scenarios like this with kids as well? Kind of like role-playing? Yeah, like is that something? I don't know if that's something you could do, but... 
Yeah. Well, yeah, why not? And I think it would really open up that dialogue. Hey, I just want to bring some possible scenarios or situations um, to the table. I just want to talk them through with you. Like if somebody online asked you for this, what would you do? And let's talk through it because maybe their answers might surprise you. Mm -hmm. And that would be a nice way to open up that discussion without, you know, trying to maybe be quote unquote, you know, controlling or whatnot. So, nope, we're just talking about it. I just want to see what your thoughts are on it. And maybe, you know, as a parent, I can learn from you too, you know, kind of just to have that platform. That's great advice, Kate. Tomorrow we'll be expecting like 12 questions or 12 role-playing situations we could do with our kids. Because <laughs> that is, that's a great idea. I mean, I haven't thought of that yet either of, of yeah, what would you do in this situation? This is Kristen. I work with Hi. Amanda at Go Valley Kids and I am a yeah. parent of two children, five and actually now six and nine. So they're getting older every day. And I guess my question is that as children become older and they're interacting with their friends online. They're obviously quite tech savvy. And even if parents have the passwords for their kids, they have their Wi-Fi controlled, it's pretty easy for kids to be able to bypass those security efforts mm -hmm. by their parents. So even if a parent thinks that they're doing everything right and they think that everything is secure for kids, kids are still bypassing those by using their friends' accounts or getting their parents' passwords. How can we make parents even smarter than their kids? <laughs> like, how can we keep the advantage of that? And why should we care about that? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If I need anything tech in my house, I just ask my kids and they do it in like three seconds. So, you know, even somebody as passionate about this stuff as I am, I, I can't keep up. So that's where I really go back to what we've been talking about and the importance of communication and open dialogue. And also there have to just be natural consequences sometimes. And, you know, that's really how our kids and our, <clears throat> excuse me, our kids and our teenagers are going to learn is they might bypass something and get themselves into some type of trouble or tricky situation. And we can't always prevent that from happening. And we don't want to necessarily prevent that from happening, right? That's where like kind of the helicopter parenting comes in. And that also has a negative effect. So as parents, we're kind of doomed no matter what we do. So staying as aware as you can and having open dialogue, having a good, you know, relationship with your kid, teaching them about online safety and informed decision making, while also understanding that, you know, you can't necessarily protect them or stop them from everything. Right. I guess since my kids are so young, they only have like a Kindle with very limited, like a half hour screen time. If they are on it, mm -hmm. they don't have a phone of their own, anything like that. How should our conversations progress from a parent who has small children who are just starting on screen time 
um, versus, you know, getting a little older and having a device of their own versus having, you know, a device with full freedom. Because I think what you're talking about having that helicopter parent, I feel like that's where I am right now, because obviously my kids are very small. And those Mm -hmm. things have to change. How can you start having those right conversations with your kids and then have that grow to allow them more freedom as they grow older? Sure. You know, I think that as you introduce more time or more, you know, kind of free reign on their device or introduce new devices, those are really the times when you want to have some of these conversations. The other tricky thing about kids and teenagers is we know that they're only retaining a certain amount of what we're talking to them about. And so we can have a lot of proactive conversations and they might not remember all of that. As you introduce more time or new devices or, you know, more ability, have the conversations with them and then, you know, kind of be that helicopter parent for a while and allow them to show you that they're being responsible or that they're being safe and, you know, you as a parent know how much you want your child to progress in that, in that kind of technology world. Well, and I would say too, it's interesting. We have like a unwritten rule, I guess you could say, or unwritten code with all the other parents that our children hang around with that it's important as the community of our kiddos that we're protecting from a bigger level than just mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or just, or just mom. Cause sometimes that's, that's unrealistic. But if there are people in our kiddos worlds, whoever that may be, maybe it's a great teacher or it's a, you know, having those trust conversations of I'm open and not going to be that parent that's going to yell or say, not my child or something like that. And, and would want to know if they're headed down a path that doesn't feel correct. I think that's important to lean on our community as people that can also look out for our kids, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Carlene. And those can be hard conversations to have as an adult, right? Um, especially when it comes to our children, we want to raise them really well. And if another parent comes to us and says, Hey, just so you know, like my child received this text or saw this picture, I just wanted you to be aware. Try not to be defensive. (laughs) Try to just like take a couple deep breaths and all right, this, this person cares enough about the safety of all of our children and the well-being of all of our children to bring this to my attention. So let me just, you know, soak it in and then thank them for their time and do what I need to do as a parent on the back end. And I think another resource too that parents can lean on is the school resource officers. We have Mm -hmm. one in each of the high schools and we also have them assigned to the middle schools as well. And they are um, a great person to be able to talk to because they know the kids pretty well um, because they see them day in and day out at school and um, are up to date with, you know, usually what's taking place there or what the newest apps are, things of that nature too. So I think it's important that parents remember to reach out to their school resource officers as well. Thank you for talking with us. Yeah, fascinating, amazing advice and, and conversations. Thank you. It's like a good conversation to start, right, Carlene? It's, right. We could talk all day about this and still not cover everything, but the tips and the reassurance that and we're all a, trying our best, right? Right. And but there's a, still more we can do. Yeah, there's a lot, right? And, and after this, you're going to put some articles up supporting this conversation? 
on Gawashkosh Kids. We'll continue this conversation on GawashkoshKids.com with resources both from Lindsay and from Kate, as well as some other resources. And thank you again for joining us. And thank you again to our guests, Kate and Lindsay. And thanks to our producer, Liz Schultz, our audio and video engineer, Marlo Ambus, and of course, my co-host, Carleen Grabner, and the support from the Women's Fund of Oshkosh. Let's talk again soon. Let's Talk is brought to you through Go Oshkosh Kids partnership with the Women's Fund of Oshkosh. The Women's Fund of Oshkosh works to improve the lives of women, girls, and families of the communities in Winnebago County through philanthropy, grant making, and education. 